Hi, I'm Ryan. Welcome to Bible on the Beach. I'm down here at Lowers today. Uh, you might be wondering like where I film these. I usually uh, surf either either uppers or lowers and then when I get done surfing I, I shoot uh, Bible on the Beach. It's an honor to do it. Now our focus is uh, disciples making disciples, churches planting churches. Now that's a simple strategy but it's uh, it's an important one because we I teach that every person who knows God needs to teach someone else to know God. And then as you teach people to know God, those, those groups become churches. That's the New Testament model. Um, personal responsibility for discipleship. You say, hey, I'm gonna teach one other person about God. You gather, well, that's a church. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, I'm there in the midst of them. God will be with you. Um, now in that spirit, every time we open God's word, believe he wants to talk to us and so we always want to say in fact do this now say God would you give me the ears to hear today what you want me to hear give me the eyes to see what you want me to see in your word and then give me the heart to feel to respond to what it is that you're trying to uh, teach me today every time we open up God's word he's trying to teach us something and tell us something if we have the ears to hear it the eyes to see it and the heart to feel it so in that spirit let's get into Acts chapter 16 today uh, it says that Paul and Silas came to the city of Derby. Now, you'll remember last time that Paul and Barnabas had a disagreement. Uh, and so uh, Barnabas went one way, Paul went the other. The Bible says that God used both of them. Sometimes in conflict, we always think that we're right. <laughs> we always think that we're the correct party. You know, sometimes we have a disagreement and God's for both sides. And that's what happens here. Paul... God is for both of them, and he actually uses their dispute, and he uses their conflict uh, to expand his kingdom. Very, very exciting. So Paul and Silas came to the city of Derby and then went on to Lystra, the hometown of a believer named Timothy. This is our first introduction to Timothy. Many Bible scholars believe that he was a, that he was a teenager, and this is important to keep in mind because he's going to go on. Paul's going to later write a couple of letters to Timothy, and uh he ended up being the pastor of one of the largest churches in Ephesus at a very young age. So the Bible doesn't teach age discrimination. The Bible doesn't teach that you have to be a certain age for God to use you. You can be a few years old, you can be a hundred years old. If your heart is for God, He will use you in your life. So. Timothy was well known and highly respected among all the believers of Lystra and Iconium. It doesn't matter what age you are, it does matter that you're respected. And I've seen this play out many times. I've seen some 15 year olds in my life that were more respected than some people my age because God was with them and they were serious. And if God is with you and you're serious, people, people will respect you even though they may not agree with you. And so, uh, Paul had Timothy circumcised first because of the significant Jewish community living in the region. And everyone knew that Timothy's, Timothy's father wasn't a Jew. So Paul didn't do this for... Paul didn't have Timothy circumcised for theological reasons. Paul had Timothy circumcised for cultural reasons. It would just be like if, San, if someone moved to San Clemente they wanted to connect with local people. They would hang out at the beach and probably pick up surfing because it's a great way to get to know people here. Everyone who lives here 
lives here because there's an asset class that exists in San Clemente that doesn't exist other places. That asset class is called trussels. It's called these waves behind me, some of the best in the world. So the people that live here, they value this asset class. It's just a cultural thing. It's just part of living here. It's not good or bad. It just is what it is. So sometimes we make cultural sacrifices or cultural changes so that we can connect with the people in the culture that we live in. That's what Paul's doing here with Timothy. This wasn't so that he would be right with God. It was so that the Jewish people, that he would have a voice to the Jewish people. So they went out together as missionaries traveling to different cities where they preached and formed the churches of the decrees of the Apostolic Council of Jerusalem for the non-Jewish converts to observe. All the churches were growing daily and were encouraged and strengthened in their faith. Now, when it says they went out as missionaries, missionaries go out as self-funded parties. This is fundamentally different than pastoring a group of mature believers that already give to what God is doing. Always, you find missionaries come first, they're self-funded, they establish a work. Later on, pastors stay, believers mature, they learn stewardship and resource management. So, Paul and Timothy were self-funded, they go out, God is with them, he's adding to the church, he's blessing their work, it's a very exciting time. And people are being encouraged and strengthened. We always wanna pray for people to be encouraged and strengthened by our words and by our life. Now, the Holy Spirit had forbidden Paul and his partners to preach the word in the southwestern provinces of Turkey, so they ministered throughout the region of Central and West. When they got as far west as the borders of Mysia, they repeatedly attempted to go north, but again, the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to enter. So instead, they went right on through the province of Mysia to the seaport of Troas. You see, when God guides, He provides. When God says stop, you stop. This becomes a very intuitive thing, especially if you're a missionary on the frontier. You have to be very tuned in to that peace that God will give you for your circumstances. Sometimes God will give you peace, he'll say, don't do that. Sometimes God will tell you to persevere and to stay there and grind it out. God speaks to us both ways. The more you really get dialed into the Lord, he'll show you how his peace works and how his perseverance works. And often they go uh, together. <clears throat> now, while staying there, Paul, experienced a supernatural vision during the night. A man from Macedonia appeared before him, pleading with him, you must come across the sea to Macedonia and help us. So now God speaks to Paul in a vision. And then Paul says, uh, we need to go there. So convinced that God himself was calling us to go and preach the wonderful news of the gospel to them. Um, I have felt this about El Salvador. That's why I've been there 15 times. And now we have a church we're looking to establish more churches. I've had this experience. God's speaking to me very clearly. Go there, love these people, and be faithful. <clears throat> now from Troas, a straight course to the island of Samothrace, next day to Neapolis, finally they reached Philippi, a major city in the Roman colony of Macedonia, and remained there for a number of days. You know, serving God is an adventure. Is there anything funner than getting on an airplane, getting on a ship, getting on a bicycle and going out and doing the Lord's work? Not really. That's about as good as life gets. And they're living it. They're literally living 
God's dream for them, full of adventure, full of faith. Whatever God has for you will be full of adventure and full of faith. Now, when the Sabbath day came, they went outside the gates to the city of a nearby river where they appeared to be a house of prayer and worship. As sitting on the riverbank, we struck up a conversation with some of the women who had gathered there. One of them was Lydia, a businesswoman from the city of Thyatira, who was a dealer in exquisite purple cloth and a Jewish convert. While Paul shared the good news with her, God opened her heart to receive Paul's message. So this is interesting. They're living their life. They're on a riverbank. They're literally at the equivalent of a beach behind me, hanging out, living their life, talking to people about God. God moves, you know, God always moves through ordinary, everyday situations and circumstances, wherever we find ourselves. And this is exciting because serving God isn't weird. It's just natural. As you know the Lord, He will show up supernaturally in natural situations. I just had a guy, I just had one of the most famous surfers in the whole world just ask me for prayer a few minutes ago. I didn't know that was going to happen. I prayed for him. I blessed him. I told him about Bible on the Beach. God just uses our normal, everyday life to get his will done. Now, while Paul was sharing the good news with her, Paul opened her heart. She devoted herself to the Lord. She was baptized and her family. Afterwards, she urged us to stay in her home, saying, Since I am now a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. So they were persuaded to stay there. You know, God just works through relationships. And, and this is how it is when you're doing missionary work. It's the wild, wild west. You're meeting people. You're, it's like my friend Nico. God tells him to go up to Malibu, and he's, he's praying and surfing. The way he lives his life is like a missionary to Malibu. He just surfs and does music and hangs out. God has him at Pepperdine, has him talking to homeless people at First Point, has him at this celebrity mogul's house over here, making music with this dude. That's the missionary frontier. It is the wild, wild west. You never really know when you're gonna, where you're gonna end up because it's a frontier work that God has you a part of. It's not an established work that God has you a part of. Pioneers, take new ground and and see God do new works. Pioneers create, it's tohu avohu in the, in, the, in the Hebrew. They create something out of nothing. That creative energy that God had when he made the world flows through missionaries to see new works of God created in different spaces and different places. Most of the times we're not open to it because it challenges our culture too much. We don't like it when people challenge our culture. So... <clears throat> One day they were going to the house of prayer. They encountered a young slave girl who had an evil spirit of divination. Do people have evil spirits? Yes. Do people have divination? Yes. She had earned great profits from her owners by being a fortune teller. So she's, and she's also an economic blessing to businesses. So day after day she continued to do this. Well, she kept following them, shouting, these men are servants of the great high God. They're telling us how to be saved. Day after day, she continued to do this until Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said that the Spirit is dwelling her, I command you in the name of Jesus, the anointed one, to come out of her now. At that very moment, the Spirit came out of her. So if someone's full of divination or full of a spirit that's not from God, this is exact. This is all you do. You just say right here, I command you in the name of Jesus, the, the anointed one, to come out of her now. At that very moment, the Spirit came out of her. That's all you do. 
When her owners realized that the potential of making profit had vanished, they forcefully seized Paul and Silas and dragged them off to the city square to face the authorities. They got mad because them casting the devil out of this woman up ended their business model because they were profiting off of her bondage. Ooh, there's a whole message in there. People who profit off of other people's bondage. Now, when they appeared before the Roman soldiers and the magistrates, the slave owners leveled accusations against them, saying, these Jews are troublemakers. They're throwing our city into confusion. They're pushing their Jewish religion down our throats. It's wrong and unlawful for them to promote these Jewish ways. We are Romans living in a Roman colony. A great crowd gathered and all the people joined in to come against them. The Roman officials ordered Paul and Silas to be stripped of their garments and beaten with rods on their bare backs. Now, this is interesting. Sometimes, when you go and pioneer new ground, you get persecuted and you even get physically harmed. Sometimes there's things when you're serving God that you know that you're signing up for, and sometimes there's things that you don't know that you're signing up for. It's okay. Sometimes you have a peaceful ministry. Sometimes you have a persecuted ministry. In fact, in life, you get both, and that's okay. In fact, why don't we just pray right now and we just agree together through Bible on the beach saying, God, Whatever you have for me today, whether it's peaceful, I'm in. If I'm persecuted, I'm in. Whatever your plan is for me today, help me to be faithful, help me to be joyful, and help me to do it for you. This hardship is not to be avoided. Man, it's such an honor to teach Bible on the Beach. Um, thank you for being with me today. If this is helping you grow and you're being taught by it, would you do me a favor and text and tell someone else so that they can follow along and God can bless them and teach them in their life every day. Until next time, have a beautiful day.